0: Hey, I am so glad that you're joining me in the honest conversations about all things family. I'm Karen Peters, a registered clinical counselor and a mom. Welcome to Parenting in the Trenches. This is gonna be a place for us to be real about the mess of parenting. Um, It's a place for you to feel validated and to find some self-compassion and some hope for the road ahead. Let's stand in the mud together because personally, I think that is The absolute best place to start. Hey, welcome back. We are embarking on a new mini series. Um, It's going to be focused on the couple's relationship and all its phases, its bumps and bruises, and its bonds, and what that looks like when big life transitions happen, like having a baby, moving in together, um, empty nesting, right? Just it's amazing what our couplehood walks through and experiences along the journey. So we're going to look at all things couples in the next four. Um, For today and for next week, I have a wonderful guest by the name of Michelle Grunhaug. She is a couples therapist. She has a private practice here in Cloverdale, BC, and works um, primarily from the approach of Gottman Couples Therapy, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today and next week. Um, It is highly research-based. This is coming out of the Gottman Institute in Seattle, and that research is decades old and gives incredible, not just insight into what works for couples and what doesn't, but practical skills that we can apply in our day-to-day living out those couples relationship that will either strengthen it or erode it. So we are going to dive into that topic today and I'm so excited about that. I figured V-Day as in Valentine's Day was our place to start and when we Get to that day, whether we have a sour reaction to celebrating it or we welcome it with open arms and the roses and the chocolates come out. Um, However, whatever your take is on Valentine's Day, I do think it points us in the direction of kind of doing a bit of an assessment on where we're at and possibly a reset for um, some new goals in the relationship. So in honor of that, the next couple days, the next couple episodes, we're going to uh, take a look at what it means to be a couple. Okay, so Michelle, I am really thrilled that you are here with us today because we are going to do a part, um, cover a part off today of some of the basics around Gottman therapy, but you are also going to dive deeper with us next time in a part two. So um, I'm going to try really hard not to ask all the things in part one and save some of the goods for part two. Um, so, okay, let's start here. One of the things that I've learned to really appreciate about uh, John Gottman's work and the work of the Gottman Institute is just how accessible and really practical their skills are. So it's not just this research theory stuff where you read a lot about the high level um, the pieces, but they've made it so people friendly and tangible and translated into real life dynamics between couples. So Mm -hmm. today I'm super pumped to just hear what that type of counseling is all about. Um, And in my experience with couples, I often find they'll come in and they'll say, well, it just felt weird to come in before we were in crisis. Like mm-hmm. we just always thought couples counseling was for like when things are falling apart or it's this last ditch effort. That's when counseling gets injected into our relationship, but there's no place for it before. Cause that might feel like, Oh, there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Um. So just before we dive into the Gottman specific stuff, can you just demystify couples counseling in general,
1: sure. like when it's helpful and when it can feel like. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Um, I do often have couples come to me in crisis, but I'm also um, noticing an upturn in having more clients come to me early on in the relationship. And I think mm-hmm. it's actually a great idea to get some really practical tools in the tool belt early on. I I think of this phrase that one of my um, professors used, and it's just stuck with me, and it's begin how you mean to continue. And I think Like What a difference it would make in our relationships if from early days, we both had the same tools in the tool belt so we could communicate, increase our intimacy, you know, emotional and physical and just create this life together that feels so much better. You know, Um, Mm. for me, I, I think it's. I think it's helpful that my first experience with counseling was as a client, um, going to do couples counseling and not believing in counseling, like feeling uh, really unsure about what the benefits would be, feeling very skeptical about the whole process, and and then you know through that experience and. And getting to know more about therapy, ironically, I ended up going to school to become a therapist. So it's quite a (laughs) bit, quite a little bit of a life-changing decision you made. Yeah, very. (laughs) So for me, I think the helpful part about that is often when couples come in, there's uh, one person, one partner in the couple that is, you know, pushing for counseling, and often you know, one or both of the partners are feeling very apprehensive about the whole process. Yeah. They they might be worried that it's going to turn into a blame game, that I'm going to side with one partner. And um, I think that's legitimate to, like, be concerned about, right? Like, those are yeah. legitimate things that would make it hard for people to want to commit to the counseling process. Um mm-hmm. Gottman Couples Therapy is very specifically, um, the idea is we are focused on the relationship. And so what is happening for each partner is extremely important to that dynamic. Um, Understanding both partners' um, perspectives, their experience, their background, all of that. So um, when I meet couples for the first time and I explain the Gottman couples therapy process. And and my stance, they are often um, like feeling a lot more relaxed and comfortable and hopeful about the process right from the very first session.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's the relationship that is maintained. So the therapist helps maintain the focus on the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even when it like, cause I think it does naturally tend to become off that track right like mm-hmm. I am struggling because my partner has these issues yeah yeah okay and then you <laughs>
1: yeah right that's how we yeah, feel in general, in general, <laughs> what I see is that each partner believes the other partner is the one that needs to do the work um yeah I would say more and more though people are feeling uh they seem to be more educated and open to the idea about therapy and recognizing there's two sides to everything. And, Mm -hmm. and it's important to kind of get, have that understanding to be able to move forward.
0: Yeah. You know, I, that's interesting that you said that because if I think about the couples that I've seen in the last few years, that's true for me too. Mm -hmm. There's, it's increasingly like there's a bit of a sliding toward an, a beginning understanding as they come in, like not mm-hmm. not having to do as much of that work of leveling that field before. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's that's pretty foundational then mm-hmm. to Gottman's approach. Okay. Okay. So can you can you help us? Like from what I understand, there's a bit of a structure to the the philosophy, right? Like yeah. the the approach. What, what is that based on? Um,
1: so what's, what does that look like? Well, the Gottman's, the Gottman's work on relationships started over 40 years ago and really the idea is what, what actually works in relationships. And so, um, there's just, it's such a research-based approach and we see that like couples, um, benefit from, um, such a skill-based, uh, practical, uh, applied approach. And, so the very, very beginning of the whole therapy process begins with accumulating as much information as possible about the couple's relationship and about who they are as people. So um, before we jump into like, actually putting the tools in the tool belt, the first stages are um, I meet the couple together for the first session and we do something called the oral history interview. Where I want to know, like, what's been going on that has brought you to therapy now? And I want to hear from both people back and forth. And and then I'm going to, like, push through a series of questions that Gottman's research shows it has been really helpful in understanding the relationship dynamic. So it's definitely not a typical therapy session because I'm just going to be, like, asking questions and taking notes through the session and gathering as much as I can. And and then if the couple is still interested in like moving forward with with further sessions, I have them do um, the Gottman uh, relationship questionnaire online from um, directly from the Gottman Institute, and it's just recently been revised. It used to be about five hundred questions, and Ooh. I know, right? Buckle up! Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> and it,
0: Just five hundred <laughs> measly questions about questions. yourself.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it was. It's like a. It's all online and it's multiple choice, and um, there there's a few spots where if you wanted to type in a little bit more information, you could, and I would say if you type it, I will read it. Um, okay. And then the therapist would get a report, but the clients did not. Um, So with the new revised uh, version of this questionnaire, it's approximately 340 questions. And uh, the couples will also get um, their own uh, report from that questionnaire, which I think is really, really great for people to have information in their own hands, as well as I have a a report as a therapist. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so this, the idea of doing this questionnaire is also based on all of Gottman's research, like what are the important pieces of information about the relationship dynamic that will help me do the best job in supporting this relationship? And in the, um, you know, we found that overall, it would reduce the number of sessions by approximately 10 to 12, which if you think about it, like that's a lot of time and a lot of money to save clients to, be able to mm-hmm. if, if we can front load this process with as much information as possible. Um, then um, the next time I see the clients is uh, for individual one-on-one sessions. And I want to get more information about each partner's personal history, as well as their take on certain aspects of the relationship. Uh, I do not keep secrets. And I emphasize that like a couple of times. So these individual sessions are not about that at all. Um, I want to create more of a dynamic where people can connect to me and I can connect to them. And this is also a place where if there's topics that people don't know how to bring up, that they would like some, you know, support with in the sessions, they can bring that up with me knowing that I will support them with that in the future. Um, okay. Yeah. And so then the next time I see the couple is for the feedback session and I will review all of my notes and the Gottman questionnaire, and I will, uh, Talk so much in that session, and I—I I bet you know, there's so much to compile. So much yeah, to compile. and and I tell the couple everything that I've learned about their their situation, and and I also like with the report that I get from the Gottman Institute, it focuses on like the sound relationship house model that we base sort of like the framework of couples therapy on, and I'll go through each of the layers of that house, and I will let the couple know these are areas that you two are doing like really great in. Like these are solid areas mm-hmm. of strength in your relationship and I will let them know how they can continue to keep those areas strong. And for a lot of couples, when they come in, they don't realize they even have any strengths in the relationship. Um, and so that's like encouraging for them. And yeah. yeah right. Like, um, and then the other thing is like, I will be able to go through and I will know specifically what areas of the sound relationship house they're struggling with. And I will know how to target really efficiently, um, how to, you know, what tools they need in the tool belt and we'll, I'll, I'll have a game plan for them about moving forward. And, and I'll, i I always want to hear from clients like, you know, does this make sense to you? Like, are you on board for this? Mm-hmm. And, um, so the whole introductory process really starts changing how people are thinking about their relationship already.
0: Yeah, I can imagine Mm -hmm. that must plant so many seeds, right. And particularly like now that you say this new revised version, Mm -hmm. if you're like me, I want to digest some of that information in real, like quiet time, (laughs) like, I want to pour a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and sit on a couch where I'm not triggered by anything or anyone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like peel through it and really wrap my brain around it. Not just here, maybe for the first time sitting in somebody else's space with my partner who I might not see eye to eye. Like I can imagine, like that's a real gift to be able to have some of that ahead of time.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, um, by this point, like couples really have a good idea about whether they are ready to move forward with therapy or if they want to move forward in the relationship, like what are they up for? Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. So often when couples come to see me, they are trying to figure out if they are going to stay or they're going to go. Hmm. And I will tell every couple, I will not tell you whether you should stay or go what <laughs>
0: what am i paying you for michelle know, right? <laughs> give me, me the you answer guys, you
1: were like please just tell me
0: please just, just tell, tell- me. what do you yeah. see just tell me tell what you, you see. see should we stay
1: yeah. <laughs> okay you know you know just tell me. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but it's it's really like no i'm gonna give you as much like all of this information and help you sort out where you're at and and what you're up for like There's no two people who are alike who are going to um, have the same perspective and same tolerances for for being able to work on a relationship or not work on a relationship. So I don't decide that for people. They decide where they're at. And oftentimes people will be willing to start the process and they want to kind of see how it goes. And I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Um, I will tell clients if you are able to see me once a week, and um, very kind of outside once every two weeks, you will, you will see some incremental like growth over time. If you leave it longer than that, you're going to feel like you're getting nowhere and you will feel discouraged and like it was all a waste of time. Huh. Why is that? I think, by the time couples come in they've already um, spent several years unhappy in the relationship mm-hmm. and so like counseling is a really big financial investment and yeah and there's sort of this point where there's you know trying to hold on to some hope that something would move the couple out of this stuck place or out of this painful place and then when it doesn't seem to be happening, it's just so upsetting, right? Like, yeah. Um, like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. Okay. So you mentioned, I'd love to go back to the sound relationship post mm-hmm. because I, so I've done the ba- bringing baby home course with you. Mm-hmm. So I have some of that. I've read the eight dates book mm-hmm. and I've read long time ago, read, and I've, often referred couples to this book as um, seven principles of making a marriage work. Yeah. And in all of those, I hear the same, cause it's all based on the same research. Mm-hmm. So it's just maybe delivered slightly in different formats, yeah. but I've, I've come to recognize some of the layers of the sound relationship house in just day-to-day life. Like I've kind of, I I I see from that lens sometimes Mm -hmm. but there's some parts of it that I totally just forget about until I come back and I read all the layers again and I don't know where our listeners are at because I I think you know his work is pretty commonly out there but unless you've gone and hunted it down you probably wouldn't have it on your desk so or in your library but like if Couples are listening and thinking, okay, sound relationship house, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And these layers, what does that look like? Can you name some of them and just briefly describe like oh, yeah,
1: what those are? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when I go over this with couples, we start like from the, the foundation of the house and then kind of move upwards. And uh, the idea of the bottom three foundational layers of this sound relationship house, it's really about the friendship of the relationship and that's like essential for couples if they're going to be together right like um so the first level is called love maps and uh John Gottman talks about you know am I maintaining and updating a love map of my partner in my mind um Hmm. you know who we are at 20 years old and who we are at 30 you know, can be different, like our likes, our dislikes, our friend situation, our work situation. And so it's all the bits of information, the little pieces of data about our partner and their world. And, and we want to like, maintain curiosity about each other, and keep that updated. And, because it changes. The love map changes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the love map changes, like what's going on in our partner's world. And for, huh. I think, many of us, we kind of think, well, I, I know who, you know, Billy Bob is. I know who Susie is. Like, they like purple. Mm-hmm. This is their favorite Starbucks drink. They like this music. Right. This is when their birthday is. But really, the longer that you're in a relationship with somebody, I think you realize People keep surprising you. People continue to grow and develop and change. And are we paying attention? Hmm. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's. the first
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think too. Like it's not just paying attention, but also recognizing the normalcy of change. Like mm-hmm. that's what should be happening. If we're healthy, yeah, growing, like yeah, developing people, mm-hmm. we're going to grow and change. And. We want that honored by the other person as well, right? For them to know those parts of us that change over time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, that's like really sort of like foundation level one. And then okay. the second one is about uh, fondness and admiration. It's do both of you feel cherished and admired and liked by your partner in this relationship? Are you. Are you actively appreciating your partner? Are you focusing on those qualities about them that you just like? You just, like this makes me want to be with you and you have these qualities. And for a lot of couples, they, they don't focus on that anymore. They kind of feel like, you know, I know who you are. I've said, thank you for this. I, you know, it, it kind of gets sort of like lost in life yeah. doing, doing those appreciations, but it's essential to kind of like pay attention to like, who is this person that I'm trying to do life with? Hmm. So, it would keep us noticing, right? Yeah.
0: Which helps like our, for our own, that would, it would help me mm-hmm. when I notice in the moment, because it keeps me there present yeah. and then there's a place to connect with my partner, as opposed to I'm in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm missing those things. Cause I don't feel like I have to be present to notice or to say anything. Yeah. 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 What makes me think of the love languages book mm-hmm. too, like how there's so many ways in which we communicate mm-hmm. our affection for each other and what sticks for us. Like if, if my love language you know, outgoing love language is a certain style. Mm -hmm. It's going to impact how my partner receives that. And similarly, like if they're trying to communicate appreciation, but it just goes over my head because the way they're sharing that with me doesn't land or stick with me. That's, yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I find um, like with, with each of these levels of the house, um, we have specific tools to give couples support and knowing like how to, how to get there in the relationship so you don't have to like invent it or make it up and the great thing is um the research shows how successful it is so you feel a sense of like a comfort and trust in like okay some confidence yeah Yeah. like I know this is, is effective and we take a little risk and we're vulnerable and we try it out and we can see the benefit in the relationship and how our partner responds, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's the second level. Um, the third level is called turning towards. Um, and then there's two other parts. So turning towards, turning away or turning against. And this mm. is this is really about building up the attachment and the attunement in the relationship with your partner. So, okay. so if you are... You know, are you making bids to connect with your partner? Is your partner making bids to connect with you? And how are you responding? So, you know, is it, you know, my partner tries to start a conversation with me? My partner, you know, even might come up and put their hand on my shoulder and give me a little back rub. Like, how do I respond? Do I like, like turn toward or lean into that? Um, Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is putting something in the emotional bank account each time we do that, or am I turning away where I'm just giving no response, which feels terrible to the other person? Um, or am I turning against? So am I, am I being aggressive or negative, openly negative, um, or hostile towards them? And that, you know, okay. those last two, they take something out of the emotional Ouch. Thing, Yeah. Right? And, and then it's like, well, what do, what do we do if we make a mistake? Or if we don't respond in a way that um, is helpful in the relationship? So, like, these first three layers of the relationship are part of the friendship. Um, and it really is, is about increasing that emotional closeness and intimacy that people are looking for. And, and out of this comes more physical intimacy. You know, like, that's something a lot of couples struggle with. And if the emotional intimacy and friendship isn't there, that's where we notice that the physical intimacy and the sex decrease.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I it's interesting mm-hmm. because I don't find that at all surprising because I would say that that's, that's how I would operate. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling really emotionally dismissed or not connected... Yeah there's nothing in me that wants any kind of intimacy physically. Right. But if I think about the stereotype and I know Gottman talks pretty directly at times about this is how fathers are, or this is what men bring or, and I know that that is that he, he would say that that's very generalized, but there's some data to back different styles, typically different styles of relating. And I often think, even if that's not men's natural inclination all the time, Mm -hmm. we've been trained in gender roles in the last few generations that would have nurtured what is okay and what's not okay. Mm -hmm. And I often hear couples say, well, he, he's fine. He'll, we can jump in bed. He's fine with that. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if we've just had a fight and I'm like, how can you possibly, right? So, How do you work with that when you're looking at this structure and this model Mm. of really these are the foundational levels you need to be able to nurture the higher levels of your house when the man might say, I actually don't need that. I I can be turned on.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually just talk about the research and um, in like it is. Very much like we t- we acknowledge generalizations, um, but in general, and this also, um, I should acknowledge um, Emily Nagoski's work in her book *Come as You Are*. Um, yeah. You know the science of sex, and it's very specifically helpful in understanding women and their response to sex. Um, mm-hmm. But so her research backs up what John Gottman says too that everybody benefits from emotional closeness and intimacy in their relationship. And hmm. In general, women require emotional intimacy to want a physical intimacy or sex. Um, and often men feel um, they want to have sex because they're looking for that emotional closeness with their partner. Like there's like, yes, I enjoy sex. That's part of it. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. And a lot mm-hmm. of men will say, after sex, I feel closer to my partner.
0: Right. So it's directional, like what causes what? Yeah, right?
1: yeah. The frame. Okay. Yeah. So there's no harm in building the emotional intimacy of the whole relationship and then seeing the sex flow out of that. Um, okay. I also would say sometimes, you know, sex doesn't have to be full on rose petals and champagne and chocolate. And, yes, yeah. You know, but then, exactly. like, in the background, right? Yeah. <laughs> rarely is it ever yeah (laughs) Yeah. so yeah so that's that's kind of like the first three levels of the house um and then we go into sort of like getting an idea of like does a couple seem to be in a positive perspective about the relationship overall or in something Gottman calls negative sentiment override and Mm. so the idea behind this is like how do we tell the story of us like do mm-hmm. I look at their relationship and overall I'm starting to see things in more of a negative light? Um, okay. or, or do I still see, um, and talk about the story of us and see us, um, in a, in a positive hopeful way. So there's kind of like, we're looking at also this overarching kind of attitude towards the relationship. So there's, that's yeah. part of the information that we gather and especially from the questionnaire. Um, And then this also then feeds into the next level of the house, which is like, how do we manage conflict? Which Mm. is often one of the primary um, reasons couples come to see me. I was going to say, ding, ding, ding. That's the, that's the entry point for a lot of people, right? Totally. Like things, things are escalating. Things are happening more frequently. Things feel out of control or scary. And so, you know, we kind of go over, you know, how do you, how do the two of you do conflict and like, do you have a harsh startup? Do you have a softened startup? Um, Are the four horsemen there? Um, Do you know how to compromise well in your relationship? Do you accept influence from each other? How do you repair when, you know, you've made a mistake or you've hurt your partner in, in this, in a situation? Um, yeah. So we we look at all of those pieces as well. We're looking for patterns, and we want to teach couples like very specific tools to know how to apply in different situations in the relationship. So like these are like really <laughs> hugely helpful uh, for couples in in feeling um, some sense of agency too. I think and mm-hmm. in like I. I know what to do in this situation, um, how to recover from this conflict with my partner, um, or even like how we can manage stress more effectively in our relationship. Like that's all in that, that level of the, of the house. Um, are you okay if I just keep talking? yes please do i'm
0: okay i'm just following like my eyes are winced i'm like uh uh-huh keep going Uh
1: uh-huh okay for hours um
0: well does the? how many levels does the house have are we talking 29 (laughs) no there's two more yes that's right there is a roof to this house Good news,
1: couples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you won't be in therapy for twenty-five no, years. No, so. Okay. Um, so the next level of the house is basically about how do we uh, feel supported by each other in our roles in life and in our personal goals and development, and um, this is like really an important protective factor in the relationship. In terms of, um, is my partner my cheerleader? Are they like my support system? Are they there for me? Are they, um, excited or right. who I am? you got my back or not. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, um, it can be scary when there's transitions and changes in life and in the relationship, but like, is my partner supportive of me as I, even as an individual, you want to go down this different road here? Um, The the top level of the house is about um, rituals of connection. So in small ways and big ways, how do we um, embed things into our relationship that we can count on that make us feel connected over time? And so um, we kind of look at the couple as like one part of this, and then the family as like a secondary part of this focusing first on the couple. So it, how do you say hello? How do you say goodbye? Um, do you, um, how do you do bedtime? How do you talk about sex? Um, how do you want to celebrate birthdays, holidays, anniversaries? Do you have, um, do you have like something spiritual that you connect with or like, activities that bring you a sense of joy and like fun and um, mm-hmm. in in the relationship as a couple and then you know outside of that then how do we include the family if we have children
0: yeah, yeah. so like building, building the rhythms the practices yeah. yeah
1: yeah so like it's you know what Gottman has this this like phrase that is perfect it's small things often. Hmm. So
0: like, I literally just said that to somebody okay. the hour before we had this yeah <laughs> I just had a full discussion I'm like you know what small things often
1: <laughs> It is it's power, it seems silly it's very powerful. Yeah, it's it's not about um you know did my partner buy me a Lexus, did my <laughs> right the grand, the grand gesture Knight in shining armor yeah, Yes, yeah. Right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with
0: no, no, I like that
1: too. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> Don't stop doing those if you're doing them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's like, do we hug? Do we care? Yeah. Do we um, set time apart in the day that is for us to talk about our day? You know, do we eat meals um, together at the table and enjoy some conversation and food together? Do we have a favorite Netflix show that we're like, okay every thursday or whatever it is like mm-hmm. you set some time aside so it's like it can be these very little things but they they really build the fabric of connection between people and the that-
0: so i'm interested in knowing <laughs> how much of the power in the small things often sits in the things being done mm-hmm. like the small things themselves that i I enjoy being touched as I walk through the hallway or that I on every Thursday night have this thing that I do, but how much of the power in that might just be the, the trust. Like, I know that there's a rhythm I can rely on Yeah. no matter what it's made of. Mm -hmm. I, it has given me, like you said, fabric makes me think of like, yeah. I get wrapped in this like there's a safety cloth around me that says I can count on it.
1: Yeah, it's I I love how you phrase that, and it 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 really is part of this whole like idea with with Gottman about like creating the sacred space of the relationship. And like when we look mm-hmm. at the sound relationship house model, the two walls are trust and commitment. So like am okay. I we actually need to be intentional about being committed to the relationship or not. We we need to be intentional about being a trustworthy partner and Mm -hmm. like the, these little rituals of connection and turning toward your partner and being curious about who they are and wanting to understand them and supporting them and, you know, apologizing if we've been a shit and like all of these things Mm -hmm make us feel a lot more secure in the relationship. It does create trust between the two of us, you know, and I want to commit to that dynamic. It's
0: beautiful. Yeah, I It's such a lovely, I am so, I think in imagery or like, it just helps me pull the pieces together. So I so love that there's this house that pulls these pieces together. Mm-hmm. Cause when I get lost in it in the moment, like any, heated moment at home and I even think about other methods that I use like if I have structure or points that I want to hang on to with my kids like in parenting I in the moment lose all of that if it's too airy-fairy or like complex Mm -hmm. or you know I need something to go all right okay layers of the house (laughs) (laughs) right like okay what's what am I aiming for again yeah and then how does that come out of my mouth right now yeah Yeah. (laughs) Right? And, yeah, like last night, Chris and I had a tiff about something, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you said what? (laughs) In my head, that's what I thought. You said what? And then I was like, oh, soft startup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how do I bring this up in a way that invites the conversation to continue? Not in a way of me holding him accountable because I've righteously caught him doing something that I don't like, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because where's that going to get me? But without that like structure, Mm -hmm. I don't actually know that I would have been able to in the moment employ that. I would have had to get out what I was feeling Mm -hmm. and I think it just would have come out a mess. And then, like you said, somebody's been a shit and have to say, sir, that's yeah. me. Then I would have had to, <laughs> I would have been a shit. And then I would have to come back and go, uh, that wasn't right, nice. Right. <laughs> I just did that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's, <laughs> there can be this like very brief satisfaction in verbally shredding our partner to pieces, but there's always, yes. there's always payback. All but, out of that, uh, right? Like, so, like yeah. it's going to take me a lot more to repair this, You know how I've shredded my partner, but doing what you were able to do, kind of like pausing and kind of like, okay, if I could do a softened startup, if I could talk about this with with Chris in a different way, Mm -hmm. it's more likely to get me where I want and our relationship to be where I want. And ultimately, like that's such a great thing to hold in our in our mind. I will say it takes a lot of practice with. With the Gottman skills to feel um, confident about them and and for them to come to you when you need them, so yeah. it's it's really fair and uh, for couples to kind of struggle with them at first and for it to take some time for that to kind of like become more uh, fluid in in their in their life and how they are communicating with each other
0: totally fair. That's yeah. like any any habit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, particularly ones that have emotion attached to them. Yeah. We get so it's they just happen so fast. Yeah, it's hard to replace those well mm-hmm. and then get into a new rhythm that you feel like I've done this enough. I've seen enough of a good outcome yeah. to trust it and to to yeah, yeah. incorporate it into how I am. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we also bring so much of our past into the relationship. And so uh, like much higher intensity in a situation that is uh, due to other, you know, things from our past, you know, coming into this situation as well. So that, you know, there's all these other pieces just to kind of acknowledge. And, you know, I feel just a lot of compassion for couples when they're struggling and, And I want to give them some encouragement that, you know, this is directly from Gottman, not from my personal research, but like conflict is really um, telling us, you know, there's something in the situation that is not going well, but it's really an opportunity for us to be, to get closer If we can understand what's gone sideways. You know, you know, we can meet each other's needs in a different way. And this actually creates like much more intimacy and closeness between us, Mm -hmm. which is, I think something we're all looking for in our relationship. Right. So
0: when you like everything you've said today Mm -hmm. and laying out this map of what Gottman approach looks like to couples therapy has really, to me, it has highlighted how this approach in particular feels so adaptable and useful and productive at every level of the relationship oh, yeah. while it's going well in its early fun stages in the, you know, and and we'll talk next time about some of the phases of relationships and what this looks like, but I, I can picture this, you know, I can't do that with every therapy. I can't picture it having the same amount of value mm. um, throughout the course of the relationship. Like there is some, but it doesn't feel quite as grounded in every phase, I totally picture this being, you know, what we used to call premarital, you know, like anything at the early formation of commitment level Mm -hmm. of moving in together of this, like we're navigating big transitions and wanting to honor one another. And just if you like that quote that you shared right at the beginning around, like, if we could just kick off where we want to continue, like if we do this now. It's just going to carry us in such a good direction. Oh yeah, Like I, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: I think, I think for me, um, something I'm seeing with a lot of couples, I don't think this is new, but the focus is, is often, um, on the kids first. And I think parents feel such tremendous pressure to be perfect parents and better parents. And it's just Oh, it's so much. And thank you for saying that. Yes, you know, this is the thing, it's, right? It's yeah. this huge thing. And so, you know, for couples, if you want to be, you know, good models for your kids and your kids are important to you, which I think, you know, that exists for parents all over, yeah. um, they need you and your partner to have a solid relationship. The best thing you can do for your kids is to make your relationship a priority. That creates this this sense of security for everyone in the home, including your kids. It also, you know, models for your kids healthy communication. Oh, right? huge. like it models where they're watching to learn. Yeah, it. yeah, like how it models for your kids how to love somebody well. Yeah. You know, how for for them when they grow up and create their own life. Like, will they know how to do this in a way where they also feel. This sense of, um, like, wellness and joy and connection and closeness and, like... It's to be celebrated, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's something good. Yeah. yeah, so taking care of your relationship is something that you do for everyone. but You're allowed to do it for yourself.
0: Beautiful. I'm mm. going to stop us because... <laughs> I do feel, I feel the same way. We could just keep talking. I will just pull out the cold pizza from the fridge and we will just go all night. Right. Okay. So let's, let's pause because next week we're going to talk about some of the more established patterns that you see and dynamics and things that might resonate with couples listening around what do we do when we've become. Kind of in a rut of things. And what does that look like to work that through? And when have we lost all hope Mm -hmm. and all that hard stuff? And when does like, what I'm dying to ask you about things like betrayal, Mm -hmm. those big wounds in relationship, like when the serious stuff hits Mm -hmm. the fan, how do we begin to organize Mm -hmm. that and get through that as a couple? So, okay, I won't say another word. We're going to stop. Until next time. (laughs) Thanks so much.
1: Uh, For letting me chat with you today Karen
0: that's awesome thank you Michelle
1: see you next time see you next time
0: I'm so thankful for your ear I feel honored to be standing in the trenches with you In the age and culture of things like glossy Instagram posts, mom shaming and harmful stereotypes, we need to really bravely shed our protective layers and just own our true experiences of parenting, war wounds and all. Really, how else are we gonna get to realize that we are not the only ones experiencing the messiness of it all? As parents, we need to support one another. We need to share in the laughter, but also in the lamenting and find ways to hold one another up. And that is my sincere goal for this podcast and for the broader mental health work that I do. Don't forget to take a look at today's show notes where you'll find related resources and my letter from the trenches. If you're wanting to know a bit more about my work, please subscribe to my living room learning page at my.thrive-life.ca forward LRL series. I'll be able to keep you posted on new tools and resources that I put out in the world. And it'll allow us to get to know one another a bit better. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook, where I share links to my projects, offer up free tools to support you and your family. And I keep things real from a parenting perspective. Standing shoulder to shoulder with you, knee deep in the mud. Let's talk again next week.